Craft Beer Radio, episode 173, published on Valentine's Day, 2011. Anyway, welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. That's the opening, I guess. I'm Greg Weiss. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Bear. So, uh, we are doing Gary beers. Super yeah, fan Gary. Yeah, Gary from uh, Northern uh, California. I almost say Colorado for some reason. Um, big fan of the show for years. Has been a very generous uh, a listener. And he sent us another care package. We're pulling out some beers from Gary tonight. And, um, hmm trying to do like light to not so light let's, let's, <laughs> let's do this one okay so this is the brewery's orchard white and when he says the brewery he means the the brewery that is named the brewery, the brewery. and that is uh patrick rue out in orange county california um you may remember when we went out the great american beer fest uh last time that we uh got to go on a heck of a trip with those guys uh rolled oats out of this there is uh, 5.7% alcohol by volume, 15 IBUs, SRM color of 3, so very light color. It is a year-round release. Belgian-style wit beer. Yeah, I think so. pours like champagne, very effervescent, very tight head. It looks beautiful, very clear. Looks like Coors Light. <laughs> Doesn't smell like Coors Light. No, no, it does not. It's it for Belgian style white. It's interesting. It's so clear. Yeah, it really is. Um, it it's so it's uh, not mid hef. It's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, maybe it's. I don't know. I hate, I don't want to head wager too many guests, but it certainly looks like it's filtered out. It has kind of a. You know, I think orchards is a good. A good term because it smells sort of like uh, an apple orchard off the distance, right? Yeah. It's, it's got a little bit of that little you know, apple f- blossom or something, yeah, right? A little yeah. flower. I'm getting a lot of spicing though. Getting is there? They said they spice this with hint of lavender. Cor- maybe that's what I. Maybe that's what's coriander, getting, citrus peel, and lavender. Yeah, the lavender is what's giving us the the orchard in spring type smell. I have this. Good. I have this soap that's lavender, and it's really too powerful. Does it make you feel pretty? No, it doesn't. It makes me feel. It make it grosses me out because just too much lavender. Okay. So this is nice. This is mm-hmm. good. It's nice. Yeah, it just smells very floral. Not getting too much orange peel or or coriander in the aroma, and uh, there's a little bit of wheaty maltiness there, but really the lavender is most of the aroma. Very bright, uh, fruity, I wouldn't say citrusy, but um, I like apple. I still like apple as a example, a mm-hmm. bright, juicy apple kind of t- flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of peppery notes. Yeah, there's a little tartness there, right? So like, if you're going on the apple train, you know, we're talking about you know, something a little tart, you know, Granny Smith or something like that. Mm. It's a pretty tasty beer. It's 
not going to blow any barn doors open. You know, it's it's just a tasty mm-hmm. example of a Belgian wit. Yeah, the uh, the effervescence on this thing it just really scrubs your tongue. It, it's it's like drinking champagne, really. I mean, it, it it's just mild. There's some flavors there, but it goes away pretty quickly. And yeah, anytime you're looking for something like that, you know, it'd be a great celebratory beer for many things. Absolutely. You know? um, Food-wise, you know, any kind of light fare, white uh, fish. This would go pretty good with some fish. They say on their page the rolled oats are added for a silky texture. I don't know if I'd necessarily detect that. Well, I mean, maybe it's just giving it a little bit of balance, right? Because imagine how prickly this could be with this level of carbonation if it didn't have something to kind of smooth it out a little bit. It might just be like, you know, just all zingy if it didn't have some oats in there. Maybe the oats is kind of like making the body seem a little less carbonated, even though... Could be. It'd be interesting to try this without oats and see mm-hmm. what the difference is. I mean, I mentioned that because I think I'm getting a little bit of slickness. You know, the, mm-hmm. the slick or slimy that we get from oats. I think I'm picking up a little bit of that, and it seems to be counteracting the carbonation a little bit. Could be. Hard to tell. Like you said, This thing's bottled in a huge, thick bottle. It's not just your standard 750 milliliter. And actually, I'm not even going to be able to recap this thing because it's the larger size caps... We can try to recap it, but I don't think it's going to work. Usually when there's big bottles like this, we'll cap them and take them home, and Greg will take them home, or I'll take keep them here and right. drink them on another day. But the uh, the brewery beers might have to uh, take care it's of those guys tonight. It's a wine bottle, essentially. It really is. It, it's yeah. a... Yeah, maybe I'll have some corks I can stick in there. It's unfiltered, bottle-conditioned, 750 milliliters... That's interesting that it says unfiltered, right? Because the beer is so clear. And, you know, it's a wheat beer, so you wouldn't expect that it's just yeast settling out, right? Because the, the protein should stay in suspension. And really? Why? I mean, does the does the yeast, ha- does the wheat have that much more, like, gluten to cause it to not... It's, it's not, just, I'm not sure, I don't think, no, I don't think it's gluten. It's just wheat makes for cloudy beer, and it, it's not a settling thing. I mean... So you have a gluten structure that that's essentially a three dimensional web, right? And that's what is typical in that's what causes things to stay in suspension for the most part, from what I understand about uh, the, the structure of of the proteins. Is that more apt in a wheat beer to cause things to stay in suspension? I don't know the the chemistry behind why wheats are cloudy. I have a uh, book from Stan Hieronymus over on the shelf called Brewing with Wheat, if you'd like to borrow it. Let's read that right now, on the air. <laughs> it's a good read. I, uh, I, I'll be honest, I didn't get the whole way through it, but I plan to go back to it someday. Maybe when I'm planning on brewing a wheat beer, or a uh, or Blitterweiss, or Kvass. Those are the uh, parts of the book that I found most interesting, the crazy wheat beers. Kvass counts as a... I guess it's... Yeah, because most of the bread is wheat, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know that the one kvass I've had is very good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's the only one I've had, too. I've had it, Actually, I've had it twice from the same brewery. It's been a little different right. each time. But this is very good. I actually poured a little bit more of this Orchard White. This is a tasty, tasty wit beer. But, again, it's not blowing me out of the water. It's not turning into something, oh, my God. It's just it's just a tasty example of a good wit beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever been blown out of the water by a, yes. a wit beer? Okay. Like which ones? 
frankly, I think Hoogarden. Okay. It's is good. Extremely good whipped beer. And uh, I've, I know I've had others that have been, whoa, there's something special in here. Like maybe it's the arrangement of spices or maybe the, the, the fruity uh, esters that come out of it are, are something different. And this is just kind of, mm-hmm. it works. It's very good. All right. But it's not holy moly. So what's next on our list, on our Gary Beer So let's party. move on to, let's check the alcohol on this guy. I'm looking at Sudverk's Imperial Pills. We don't have any online information about him. So. Well, we have the, the beer advocate information. Oh, 7%. And, and then this beer is probably much stronger. That one is 8.5. Yes. And this one's much darker, so I don't want to go dark yet. So, yeah, let's do the Sudverk. All right. This is from Sudverks in... I say Verks. But, you know, it, it would be Sudwerk, I guess, because it's, it's not really German. It's made in America. California. It's an American double... Well, then you might just call it Sudwerk, right? Pilsner. So into the lager area. This is like an SRM two or one. Even this is even lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a very small uh, effervescent head. Another extremely clear beer. Not sure if that's sulfury or not. I'm hard getting something somewhat sulfury on it. I'm getting a little pilsner malt aroma. I wouldn't. I mean, there might be some touch of DMS in there, but it's not. I'm not getting gross sulfur or anything on my nose. I'm getting. It's a, not gross. It's yeah. just it's it's a little bit of of a sulfury hint to it. It's an interesting aroma. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to place it. It is very malty with pilsner malt, and then there's a, a, a subdue a noble uh-huh. hop. Guess which one? It says here on the Guess on the silk one, screen. Um, Hellertau. Hellertau Pearl. That smells good. I, um, no, words. Give me some words here. It's a little bready. Uh, almost, almost like. I guess like a rustic Italian or something. I was almost wanted to say rye, but it's not quite spicy enough to go all the way to rye. But it has a nice doughy, bready aroma. I and can then, see that. Sure. And then the uh, the hops, that, that hollow towel. It's not crazy big or anything, but it's there. It just gives a nice supporting aroma. It's it's a well-balanced, not hop-crazy uh, pilsner. I had a uh, Sam Adams Noble Pills for dinner tonight. Oh, I love that beer. It's it's a good beer. I love that beer. I, um, it just might be. It is one of my favorites. It might just be like my favorite beer right now. It just tastes so good to me every time I have it. Um, it's amazing. It's a piece of art. Hmm. You can taste the imperialness here. You can taste mm-hmm. the double part of this. The double maltiness. Part. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a both in in hop and and uh, maltiness, it, but oh, okay. really it's kind of just um, 
instead of being a, a light crisp, it really is more of a heavy push on mm-hmm. those same kind of flavors. So slightly, I'd, you know, I'd even go as far as to say slightly sour bit in, in terms of the maltiness. Not in a bad way, but just in terms of, of the way it's sort of pushed because of the addition of more hops and more malt. It turns into kind of a mm-hmm. sourdough okay. with the bread. And, and the hops become a nice balance to keep it down so it's not an incredibly sweet thing, mm-hmm. but it's got these sort of sourdough notes. There's a fair amount of sweetness in the beer from the malt, and the way the hops are playing, the hops almost taste like they're candied. There's this candied hop flavor where it's this, oh, how to, how to describe that? I don't just know. Just imagine them sprinkled with sugar. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, just it, just the, the sweetness from the malt, the hops blend together, and it just, yeah, candied hops, good stuff. Sorry for not having great words tonight on this beer. It's tough. It's 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 pretty uh pretty pretty. I don't even know words to describe why I don't have words. Uh, I was gonna say it's it's not it's not cookie cutter where I can pull from my normal vocabulary, right? Because um, nothing quite fits quite right. So I'm trying to figure out which words do fit or what new words to come up with. It's, it's I think it's an interesting take on the imperial pills because it's not nine percent, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think the alcohol again was uh, seven, seven, yeah, seven percent. So it's it's kind of about what a regular IPA would be. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a pilsner and a half instead of a double pilsner, right? So it, it doesn't go overboard with certain things, but it what it does do, it does do in very good balance, mm-hmm. and so it's light enough to still feel almost pilsnerish. Mm-hmm. It has the flavors of a pils. Amplified uh, and kind of doubled down on, I guess you could say, but it doesn't get to the point where it's overwhelming or, or you know, mm-hmm. pushing too hard. Yeah, they could it. have hopped the hell out of this, and you know, it just would have been another one of those imperial pilses that really don't have that great of a balance to it. And this does a pretty good balance, I think so too. It still, it still gives you enough refreshing that you know, it, it it's kind of lagery. It's not mm-hmm. quite, you know, a fresh, you know. A crisp, refreshing Bohemian pill. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd probably put this in a Bohemian category. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it has that sweeter, fuller mm. body where the Bohemian you know, is like you know a Pilsner or a Quell. It's definitely modeled after that instead of a Bavarian. I would say pretty good. Pretty good. I I, uh, I enjoy. The sippy quality of this, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's drinkable, but it also, I think, it's it's not a gulper at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I I think the um, the sweet the sweetness isn't too sweet, but I think there's enough there to keep you from really drinking a lot of it too fast, right? It makes it a sipper. It makes you want to take half mouth feels and just kind of drink it slowly. I find that's good. Inferno Ale. Lost Abbey onto a Tommy beer. Could you pass the dump bucket? I'm not dumping anything, however, Ryan. We are washing out our glasses. Yes, he's dumping the rinse water only. So this is Inferno. Unfortunately, Lost Abbey has a weird kind of thing where they don't... They, they put stories on their website, and they don't exactly put information. So I'm forced to go to be advocate for this. 8.5% alcohol by volume, a Belgian strong pale ale. 
So there's this dried little crud underneath the cork that I haven't popped off yet. See? Yeah, it looks kind of like snot. How's it, it taste? Looks like snot. It tastes like uh, tastes just like like DME, like dried malt extract from home brewers. So like, I guess it didn't have that great of a seal when they first put the cap in and leaked a little bit. So let's see if there's any pressure on this. It feels like the cork's coming up pretty easy. I think there is pressure. A little bit, not too much pressure. Ooh, cork is dark brown. Hmm. It doesn't smell too off. I mean, the cork itself. Let me see the. Let me see that cork. Let me see that MF and cork. Hmm. Cajun cork, seven hundred fifty milliliter bottle. Another light beer. Within the three or four SRM range, uh, I guess probably four. It's it's more orangey than the other ones have been. I don't have the scale with me, so I can't see. Yeah, I'm not much sure where that is right now. So, what style do we have here again? This is a Belgian strong pale ale. Okay, I believe we've had this before. We have. I just couldn't remember exactly. Pretty clear, just a little bit of haziness to it. Can't really see my fingerprint through the other side of the glass, but finger is very defined. Smells very indicative of a Belgian pale ale. It's got the sweetness from the sugar, but also a bit of a hoppiness and a bit of, um, I don't know, a French readiness. Yeah, the aroma, I'm getting that, that, I mean, huge carbonation on this thing. We got... This one's a more fluffy head uh, than the first one, the Orchard White, which I said was like a champagne-type head. Um, but on the nose, it's just it's just spicy, like um, not quite black pepper, but there's this peppery-type aroma to it, and I'm getting uh, some of the the, the uh, stuff. Yeah, I, I don't have any words tonight. Hmm. Trying to detect different things off it because I feel like we've been a little bit iffy on our descriptions, yeah, yeah. particularly it's been, it's, a, been a, it's been a difficult show. Nothing we can't mail in any of these and say, oh yeah, this this this. All these words we've used before. There's almost a bit of. <laughs> oh, there we go. Now I, I'm getting. Some. I hesitate to say this because there's a very strong aroma here that is somewhat reminiscent. Of a cleaning fluid. Ammonia, really. It's I'm not picking that up. I'm, I'm starting to get to the malt. I'm getting this. See if you smell that in mine. Just, I'm curious if it's just my glass. Your, your glass is different. Do you smell that? I, I, I smell what you're smelling. Yes, I... If you want another glass. No, I'll, let me get a smell of yours and let's see what I smell off of that one. I'm not getting it in mine. At least not nearly to the same degree. No, yeah, it's not the same degree. It, it, I'm curious to see how it tastes, but it is kind of interesting. Um, so I guess I, um, I guess the top couple inches of the beer was good. The second bottom inch, the second couple <laughs> inches are ammonia <laughs> It's crazy how... Two glasses poured out of the same bottle. It can can be so different. Yeah. Hmm. 
Wow, it's got a real kind of peachiness to it, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm not really getting peachy. I'm getting this weird, weird kind of tang, like laying all over my tongue. It's. I'm wondering if it's from the leaky bottle and the discolored cork and the and and other things. It's. it's hmm. It could be. Yeah, because I don't. No, if I remember the beer tasting like this. But it's got this weird kind of, like I say, sort of peach fermented in alcohol. Yeah, yeah. It has a weird wang to it, that's yeah. for sure. I don't know if it's quite right. I think that some of the... Yeah, I don't think it's sealed all that well, and and things happened. Yeah, the... the Ooh, look at the cork now. It's drawing out. It's like, it looks like it's growing like cause it fuzz on it or something. Doesn't it? Doesn't it look fuzzy all of a sudden? <laughs> something happened with this one, I think. That's the perils of being a small brewery that corks your bottle. Sometimes things are going to happen. I think this one... I'm going to try some more here. Yeah. We're going to dump out our first glasses and try a second little sample. Do you want to rinse? Sure. Okay, let's rinse these, these suckers. Rinse. We are drinking, by the way, in these Coors and Donald Christmas Ale. Kind of, uh, they're not tulips per se. I guess they're goblet type. Yeah, it's hard to say exactly what they are. I, I like them. They have a nice shape. They hold in the aroma very well. They have a close, like egg shape, really. You know, I cut the top off an egg and get that. All right, here we go again. Let's try some Inferno Take Two. There's a little bit for you, a little right. bit for me. Smells a little better. It smells like the... No, I'm definitely smelling like the cork. I wonder if this is one of those corked beers, right? I give the air quotes. Um, of course, the bottle is corked, but there is a, a mold or a fungus that can grow in cork. And uh, dealing with wine or beer, you know, there's a certain percentage of beers that corked, you know, which means that they have the spoilage from something that the cork imparts on the beer. Because I, I, do you taste cork at all in the beer? I don't taste cork, no. but I am still tasting that uh, that peach, that uh, the, the strong kind of alcoholic peach, mm-hmm. you know, the the I guess drenched peach, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think this is what was intended by the beer. It's not the most pleasing thing in the world. I think we can't, we can't call this what was intended by the brewery. No, we I can't mean, rank it. It's been a couple of years since we've had this beer, but I remember it being a pretty bright and uh, a little of the sweet side, you know, Belgian pale ale. Do you want to try to get something else in the fridge? Um. Let's let's continue on and, and decide how we are after the, uh, the next right. beer. We're going back to the the brewery called the brewery, and this is the Autumn Maple. How's that uh, opener holding out for you? Works well. Isn't so, it? It's it's a really sturdy one. I hope Peter doesn't come uh, knocking. But <laughs> it looks like it was well weathered, so I'm guessing that that's a well one that washed up on the beach or something. But it might have been polished. Who knows? It was, you know, uh, it, it was 
I think it was cut just by the way it's, you know you can hold it, and then lacquered. Obviously, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not even whale bone. I mean, it, it looks like a whale, but we don't know for sure. I uh, and, and I obviously, unfortunately, can't ask my grandmother, but it is, you know, it is a good little little thing that I found in her apartment. I was like, all right, I'm taking this. Finally, we have a beer that that gets into the you know the ten or so SRM scale. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at you know just your typical brown ale. It's pretty cloudy; you can barely see that finger on the other side of the glass. This is yeah the first one that is not a freckle beer. Um. <laughs> okay, so Belgian style brown ale brewed with yams, molasses, maple syrup, and spices. They call it a different take on the pumpkin beer style. I like that. It says, we don't need pumpkins in our beer. Big, bold, spicy, and oh-so-yammy. Wow, okay. Cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, vanilla, molasses, and maple syrup. 10% alcohol by volume, 25 IBUs, 15 SRMs. I was off by five. Fall release. Best of seller at 53 degrees and served at 50 degrees. I don't have my... Uh, infrared thermometer with me so I can't tell really should get one of those I was cooking uh, you know today I I was doing some uh, dal some Indian dal today I needed the, you know I was doing the tempering oil but I let the oil get way too hot when I added the spices to it and like they all turned black like immediately right yeah <laughs> like oh I guess I'm doing that over so yeah I definitely need an infrared thermometer those I love those they're really cool um they're put they're Pretty accurate, and uh, plus they make they have a laser beam on them, so you can mm-hmm. use them for like. Or should I get one of those flare cameras? The, inf- the IR cameras. Yeah, aren't those a lot more expensive? <laughs> they than the- are. They're much, much more expensive. Um, we had our own infrared thermometer at my previous job, and as a company, we had an IR camera, but it was typically done in Raleigh. So they shipped and sent it up a couple times for us to check out, you know, thermal signatures and stuff. But it was pretty sweet watching hot air come out the back of a rack. Yeah, that's I neat. bet. Well, you can definitely smell something, something uh, mapley. Yeah, can, <laughs> can you hit me with the spice list again? Yes, the spice list was. There it is. Okay. Cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, vanilla, molasses, maple syrup. Fermented on traditional Belgian yeast strain. Yeah, the first thing I was picking in the aroma was either the nutmeg or the allspice, or probably a bit blend of the two. You know, that was the main thing I was getting on the aroma at first. And I am getting some mapley. Actually, I lied. I think the very first thing I smelled was a little bit yammy. I think I smelled some other Yammy! Yams. I think I smelled some sweet potato in there. And then the spices kind of took over. You know, I have this thing, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit on the post-show, but I'm against some of these food trends that are happening, one of the big ones that you know about and I've talked about before is putting bacon on everything. And the second one, though, is, oh, sweet potato fries. They're the greatest thing in the world. You know, it's like, not really. I agree with you on the on the bacon thing. I, I'm deficient in the gene that makes me love bacon unconditionally. Um, I'm much more of a sausage person on my breakfast plate instead of bacon. Um... I mean, sweet potato fries, I mean, they can be really good, but I love sweet potatoes. I'm definitely a sweet potato guy. I like sweet potatoes a lot. I just think the sweet potato fries are overdoing it. Could be. And bacon, I like bacon. 
I like bacon plenty. I just think that it's overused to the point. Put it in your ice cream? To the point of excess where, oh, you just put bacon on it and it turns everything better. No. (laughs) I I still don't get bacon cheeseburgers. It does not improve the cheeseburger for me one bit. I think it actually makes it worse. Interesting. I don't like that texture on my cheeseburger, I guess. We'll get to that in the post show. Yeah. Back to the autumn maple, because this beer is is too interesting to to ignore. It's got such a great aroma to it. Those spices really come alive, especially if we give it a little bit of time just to sort of gestate in the glass. And I like the way that that nutmeg is coming out. Mm, Mm -hmm. That smells delicious. Got to give this a taste. Hmm. I think the maple might be a little bit too strong. I think it's taking away. Oh, just on my first sip. Yeah, I think the maple is kind of overpowering. There's molasses in there too. Don't forget about the molasses also. Okay, that's oh, that, that's a good point. That may be pushing it towards the over maltiness mm-hmm. that I'm tasting right now. It's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's overtly malty in a way that I think it, it, it's drowning out some of the interesting spicing and probably the flavors. Like you said, it, it had a yammy aroma, but I'm not really getting the yam so much here. Yeah, I'm getting the the spice. Oh, I mean, it's their take of a pumpkin beer, so they don't use pumpkins, but still, if you're if that's your take, then you're probably going to be spice forward anyway, right? And yeah, I'm getting tons of spices. The molasses... But my point is that and I feel the, that the molasses and, and the maple are overpowering any of the spicing. That the spicing is almost secondary to the the overt maltiness of the molasses and the maple combined. Hmm. See, I'm, spices are still way primary for me. It's a pretty sweet beer. It, there's, there's, there's a lot of residual sweetness in this Not beer. an easy drinker. No, it's definitely one of. I think this is a one that, at least, it's hard to tell because these have been some kind of big flavor beers tonight, you know. But right now, I'm like, I need some food to cut this thing. I need something to help deliver. I agree. This would probably go well with. uh, Believe it or not, this would probably go well with bacon. This would probably go well with something (laughs) fatty and smoky. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was definitely thinking this big dark beer with the molasses in there. Uh-huh. You know, barbecue. Like, how many barbecue right, sauces yeah. have molasses in it? You know, so something along those lines. I think it'd be a good pairing. Um, smoke. Oh. It, it it's kind of like it really is kind of like brown sugar in a glass. Mm-hmm. So it needs something to temper that. It needs some kind of meatiness and fattiness to to. To temper the the strongness of the sweetness that's coming out of here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This might be an interesting beer to cook with, also. Could be because you can get some all kinds of you know, spicy, like all kinds of interesting flavors out of that. You know, you know, here it's it's a pretty rare beer, so it's not like you're going to be spending you know twenty bucks on a right. beer you want to throw in you know <laughs> throw in the stock pot, but. You know, if, if price wasn't an but, issue, this could be but, interesting. You know, cook yeah, with. I mean, I agree. You know, maybe a brisket with this as as the as the cooking liquid, mm-hmm. or um, something like that. Something something mm-hmm. where there's there's a lot of you know a, fat, a lot of fat will dissolve into it yeah. to sort of cut some of the uh, sweetness down, but it will still flavor the meat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is it's, it's good. It's interesting, but yeah, it's it's hard to. Drink it might even water. work if you if you reduced it and then use it as a glaze for ribs. Yeah, because it's not, and add it's, a little bit of spice to it. It's not very bitter, right? So it shouldn't get too bitter if you reduce it. You might actually be able to reduce it. Add more spice. Put some more Meg and Allspice in there. There's not enough. Yeah, you know, but that that comes to the point. Then why don't you just get maple syrup and molasses and whatever spices and just turn you know make mm-hmm. that instead of taking the beer and do and doing it. Yeah, I mean maybe you you do a a faux out of maple for your marinade and your cooking liquid, and then you serve that. You know, you do something that complements this and serve it with this. Right? I think that would probably be better because then you have the mm-hmm. you know the, the the craftsmanship of the beer is not lost. At the same time, you have some of the similar flavors that are going with it. Right. Interesting. Yeah, but by itself, I'm having a hard time getting a lot of this. It's rough. It's not... It's not conducive to just drinking alone, particularly after you had an Imperial Pilsner, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and a a Belgian White. I don't think this would go very well with sweet dessert or anything, do you? I don't think so, too. It would would compound upon itself. It would Mm -hmm. would be overdoing it. It would would be almost like, you know, serving a rich cheesecake with a rich cheesecake. (laughs) You're right. Because I mentioned it was pretty sweet earlier, so I'm like, what about dessert? I'm like, oh, no, I think it's going to, yeah. I think definitely you want... The, the savory to go with it, for sure. All right. Do you want another beer? I do. All right. So let me uh, pause and let's go get one. Let's pause and go get one. Action. So Jeff has brought back from the refrigerator Lagunitas Little Something Wild Ale. There's a thing here, a little piece of uh, text on the label that is not so much marketing as it is complete nonsense and I figured I would read it Ahem. it begins bring me something wild his voice rang out down the double helical hallway he was summoning the object of his desire that phenolic off flavor producing POF gene he was a handsome albeit pedestrian heterozygous diploid strain and he longed for the wild side of things the lights the big city the clove esters the subtle tropical fruit nuances but he was an ordinary heterozygous diploid bring me the pof he bellowed again down the helix holding out his fresh new bud in hopeful expectation of the imminent protoplast fusion that would allow him to decarboxylate furulate to four vinyl guayacol and qualify him for pitching and subsequent atp defilement of the luscious little something wort hope springs eternal but who among us is as lucky as all that Call us sometime. They give their number and they say cheers. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Obviously, it's the the yeast doing yeast stuff. But I thought the four vinyl theol was bad stuff. So I don't know. Four vinyl gyocol, I believe. Oh, gyocol. So maybe that's... Oh, yeah, maybe four gyno, final, four vinyl... Thiols are sulfur compounds, yeah. but the the... Yeah. All right, so oh, we got it's not quite a gusher, but you got bubbles popping at the neck of the bo- the lip, lip of the bottle here. Bubbles are popping. Leave it the Lagunitas to uh, I like the defiling the wart part of it there. <laughs> so the uh, you know, little something something is their um, it's their hoppy wheat beer, so it's their. I guess it's just a way to put it. It's hoppy wheat beer. 
And this is that beer aged in, or fermented with the uh, the West Mall yeast, which basically gives you um, a combination of a wheat IPA and a Belgio IPA in one beer. Fascinating stuff. It's probably around a five or six SRM, maybe even around a four. I don't know. It's got the orangeness to it. It's got about a finger's worth of a cloudy head. 72.51 IBUs, an original gravity of 1.082, alcohol 8.85%. La Goditas Brewing Company in Petaluma, California. California. Ooh, that smell is delicious. I'm glad nice you and think hoppy. So. I'm glad you think so. It, you know, it's nice after all these sweet beers mm-hmm. to get a nice big hoppy one to really cut through them all. Oh, and you know, they talk about defiling the wart. The uh, on the logo of Little Something Something is this this girl in this little German lederhosen um, something or another. Little and something, something. Little something, something. Right. So, yeah, the Westmo used to file her. Yeah, so the aroma, first aroma I took was um, Belgian-y. You know, a lot of those a lot of those esters from a Belgian yeast, I don't know, um, wildflowers and pear, I guess. It's hard to say, but now, now my aroma is pretty hoppy. It's pretty hoppy on the it's aroma. It's very hoppy, it's, it's a, but it's a floral hoppiness. It's very orange blossom-like. got sweetness to it. It's got hoppiness. Reminiscent, I believe, of Gumblehead. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, Wheat IPA is definitely in there. Uh, have you had something something? The regular one? I have not. Ha- I may have had a something something. I remember that. Okay. This is Little Something Wild Ale as opposed okay. to Something Something. Little Something Something is the regular one. Okay. And then uh, they had a Little Something Something Extra, which was like the Imperial version. So an Imperial. But there's no extra idea. something. It's just one something here. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's still the something something base beer with Westmall yeast, but they might have formulated, they might have tweaked it a little bit. I don't know. Hmm. There's a little. You definitely get the esters in there, though. It's not just straight head hops and you know wheat. You definitely get some of the Belgian esters in there. Gives it a little bit of. Papaya. Interesting. Or or mango, something along those lines. You know, that meaty... I would give you more papaya papaya. than mango. Okay. Uh, You know, it's a little bit more, um, you know, kind of towards the kiwi end. Mm, Okay. Yeah, you're you're probably right. A little more tropical. I mean, mango, I guess, is tropical, but Mm -hmm. just a little bit more towards Mm -hmm. that end. Yeah. Um, A little more acidic, I guess. Yes. It's it's got some really interesting flavors to it. It's it's a nice sweet beer. It's uh, got plenty of alcohol in it. If that's what you want, <laughs> and I, I I love wheat beers. I always have, and this is a very hoppy, nice wheat beer. It's an IPA of wheat beer, and those go together so. It, it, it's amazing. It took so long for people to really start making hoppy wheat beers. It, it's. That and it's still not that prevalent. I mean, you got Gumball Head, 
You got a little something something. You got, you know, here in Pittsburgh, you can get East End Wheat Hop, you know, which is their big hop with wheat. He only makes that once a year. It's pretty limited beer, and he, he brewed it just this week. Um, so it'll be coming out in a couple, you know, a month or so. Um, not too many wheated IPAs. Um, there's one I brewed, right? The Gumblehead Clone. And I liked it so much, I'm definitely going to brew that guy again. Um, Northern Brewer has, if you're a home brewer, Northern Brewer has a recipe for, um, it's like tea can and bear cats wheat and beat down. And they never say Gumblehead, but the description talks about a comic book superhero, which the Gumblehead cat, right? Yeah. So, and it's got kind of a man candy esque uh, hop flavor to it too. Ah, a little, little MC in there, huh? exactly. Well, you know, I love me the MC. Tastes kind of sweet to me, but I think it's because of all the other beers we've had tonight. You know? it, it works for me. It's mm-hmm. wor- it, it, it's working for me pretty well. Well, now's the time on. <laughs> now's the time we rank. Um, what were you about to say? You- now's the time on sprockets when we dance. But <laughs> okay, I was just I was just wondering because <laughs> it sounded vaguely familiar. But when you said, I I thought you were going to say screw tops, and I'm like, wait, what's that have to do with? <laughs> Okay, how does this one? You know, it, it's hard because for me, this login is just so fulfilling to me. Right afterwards, that I almost want to rank it high. Do it, but I don't know whether that's fair to the rest of of, of the beer. Oh, it's it's not really a style show. It's Belgian as any of them. It's it's fair. Okay, all right. Well, Dude, uh, we, we can't rank the Lost Abbey because the Lost Abbey was spoiled. Yeah. And it was not what they intended. Do so ranking worst. it would not be what works best. All right, so I'm, hey, the little something was just as pleasing as I could have wanted at the end of this. So I'm going to go with the little something as my number one. I believe my number two is going to be the Orchard White because I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It gave me kind of a really nice Belgian style ale without being that necessarily something that was like, ta-da, this is amazing. So the I guess the Imperial Pills will be next. I mean, although, honestly, you might be able to swap these two. I don't know. Two and three. Uh, the Imperial Pills was really, really, really good, really well done. And interesting in a sense that it was it was kind of like a half double as opposed to a full double, which I liked a lot. So yeah, you know what? I'm going to switch that. I'm going to make the Imperial Pills my number two, and I'm going to make the Orchard White my number three, simply because the Orchard White was good but didn't impress me any, and the Imperial Pills did impress me. The Imperial Pills gave something a little bit different to the style. And last, I got to put the Maple because I just think it was a little too sweet and overpowering in that sense. Jeffrey? All right, I was just trying to take notes down there so I don't have to re-listen to this segment when we post the show to get the order. Now I got your notes down. So mine is uh, mine's a whole show of hard luck losers, actually. Uh, they were all good, but none of them really, like, you know, 
pulled out, the, you know, it's Valentine's Day, right? So none of them pulled out that arrow and shot, you know, keep it through my heart. You know, I didn't, I didn't love any of them. So wouldn't that hurt getting an arrow through your heart? Not this cute little cherub with a diaper shooting you. Oh, okay. That, that is fine. Exactly. Um, the Machine beer, gun bullets firing at your heart. <laughs> the beer I had for dinner, the same amount of Snowball Pills, uh, I would rank above all these. <laughs> well, that isn't the show. I know that isn't the show. So my favorite beer on the show would be the Brewery's Orchard White, followed up by the Lagunitas Something Wild, followed by, it gets tough here, I'm going to pick the uh, Sudverk and then the Autumn Maple. At the end, um, autumn maple's not a loser per se. It just, I think if we had it with some good meaty food, duck, oh man, Ooh, yeah, give it, it to It would have gone well, but you would have probably been disgusted by our noises while you're eating. <laughs> so it's good that we didn't have it with any, with any food, but it would really go well with, with something meaty, with a little bit of fat. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening to the Valentine's Day special of Craft Beer Radio. We love beer. And we love you. Thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned for our next amazing show. It's going to be amazing next time. (laughs) It's always going to be the next one. I guarantee it's going to be the most amazing show since our last one. It's like free beer tomorrow. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. 